Hi, Shannon Waller here, and welcome to Inside Strategic Coach with myself and Dan Sullivan. Dan, today we are going to do our Scary Times Deep Dive number three, which is a really exciting project that we're doing. So this is all based on the Scary Times Success Manual that you created back in time, and it's been incredibly useful in the time that we're recording this for the COVID-19 crisis kind of that we're in. And I'm excited because what you put together here is really a series of strategies and a way of thinking about things that really helps people not just be in their negative reactive response, but really in a much more creative and proactive way of being. So first of all, thank you for doing this. And then let's jump in actually and just label what this one is. So strategy number three is forget about the sale and focus on creating value. So Dan, what does that mean exactly to forget about the sale and to focus on creating value? Well, the whole world moves through sales. You know, it's not just people's normal idea about sales, but sales take on importance in everyday life. Somebody's got an idea and they want other people to go along with their idea. And they, so there's a certain kind of sale there. But what I've noticed, Shannon, is that in scary times, if you're feeling shocked and someone tries to make a normal kind of sale to you, they call you up and it's almost like they're ignoring the fact that something different is happening in the world. And then they try to sell in a normal way, which would be some sort of product or service. Then, you know, it's just out of kilter. There's just an out of kilter quality about it. Lots of things that are normal seem a little odd during scary times, but selling in the normal sense of selling, where the salesperson is more interested in getting a check for their product, they're not really interested in what's going on with the customer mm-hmm. or the client, then that becomes really bothersome. So I thought this would be a good time to actually give a fresh meaning to what selling is, period. And this has been always my personal approach in my own life, but also in terms of strategic coach as a company, we sell to prospects and all of our prospects are successful, talented, ambitious entrepreneurs who are looking for more freedom in their life. They want greater freedom of time. They want greater freedom of money, freedom of relationship and freedom of purpose in life. And so that's our normal people. But even with those really good things, they may not be in the mood when we're talking to them about, Mm -hmm. you know, joining our program when they're worried about a lot of other things. And so what I came up with is that there's two parts to every really good sale. And the first part is, number one, that you intellectually engage the other person with something that they really want, you know, something that's really good for them. So this isn't something that you think should be good for them. It's just actually something that they see as good for themselves. So my definition for selling, the best kind of selling is two parts. And the first part is that you intellectually engage the person that you're selling to with a future desirable result. It would be an improvement and an achievement in their life. And it's not what you want for them. It's what they want for them. Okay, so you you ask questions which allow them to actually focus on this future result. 
okay? And they're intellectually engaged with it, and it's got to be good for them, okay? So that's one of my provisos, is that it has to be good for them. They're the one who creates it. I simply, or anyone who learns this particular formula, definition, is that it's really that you're getting them clear about what they really want. And number two is that you then enable them, okay? So you enable them, first of all, to commit to that goal, and then to courageously take action to actually move forward and actually achieve the goal of that result. And if you do both of those things, one of them intellectual, the other one emotional, you got yourself a sale. Now, it still might not be something that they go for, but you've done your part to actually stack the odds in favor of them actually getting something in their life. So right now, this definition is even more important than during normal times. And that is that because people are shocked because of the scary time circumstances that have suddenly changed their life, might have changed their, certainly changed their financial life, changed their business life, changed their employment life, or the other thing is really changed their personal life. So it's really cut things down. And so these are not normal circumstances. So you can't be normal about the things that you sell people, but you can really take advantage of the present circumstances to be an extraordinary salesperson. And I'm going to define in this strategy number three about being an extraordinary salesperson during scary times. I love it, Dan. Well, the whole idea about engaging people both intellectually and a future, as you say, you know, with a future improvement and achievement in their mind that will be good for them. It's interesting because what you're taking or changing here, a lot of people have the perception that sales is actually about manipulation. Manipulation is actually a neutral term. It means to move something. But often it's gotten a really negative connotation because the implication is it's good for you, but it's not good for them. So this is a very critical element to your definition. And then to really help them emotionally commit as well and to enable them to take action on that. I mean, how many times I know for myself, intellectually, I've thought, yeah, that would be a really good idea. Had zero emotional anything, nor was I committed to any action. So it really does require those two pieces. And I I love that you've pulled it apart that way. And I can't wait to hear about being an extraordinary salesperson. So if you're not doing this, how are you perceived by other people? If If you're not focusing on the intellectual and emotional part, there's probably a downside. Yeah, well, I think that sales as an activity has gotten enough of a bad rap during normal times. And a lot of people would never want themselves to be actually described as a salesperson. You know, so there's kind of a negative edge to it. If you're going to be a successful entrepreneur, you've got to bypass a lot of bad talking about selling. You know, anybody who achieves anything in life is a good salesperson especially when they've convinced and encouraged a lot of other people to move in a particular direction. So, you know, really good leaders are really good salespeople Mm -hmm. because they will allow people to intellectually engage, as we said in the definition, with a future desirable result that's really good for them. So that's what great leaders do. And the other thing is that they give them the courage to actually commit and then actually take action to actually achieve something as they're part of the vision that's taking place. But if you 
use a scary time situation to act as if it's normal and you're completely disregarding what may be happening in the other person's life, you're going to come across as kind of clueless. And that's not the worst of it. You're kind of tone deaf. You're just not picking up what's actually going on. You're kind of obnoxious and you're going to come off as a bit of a jerk. And my feeling is that if you do that enough during scary times, you're going to get a lifetime reputation for being a kind of a jerk. I can think of times in my own life where not like the present situation, but it was just when something was going on in a particular place that I didn't really, really understand the context. And then I was trying to sell something. And usually in my world, I'm selling people on an idea or I'm selling them on a, a, you know, a learning program of some sort, because that's what strategic coach is. But I'm not paying attention to what's actually going on. And afterwards, I felt really badly. And, you know, people said, you know, did you know what was going on there? And you were doing that? I mean, come on, wake up, wake up. I've always, even when I think about it afterwards, long afterwards, it still gives me a cringe. You know, I feel... Did I actually do that? You know, so I mean, I'm just saying that probably everybody listening to our podcast here, Shannon, has tried to sell over a situation where they shouldn't have been doing that. So all I'm going to say is that if there are abnormal times, then you can't treat selling in a normal way. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean you can't be an extraordinary salesperson. As a matter of fact, there's more of an opportunity right now for someone who's really good at sales to be an extraordinary salesperson, but it has to have a different focus. It has to have a totally different focus. I'm gonna show everybody of sales that they can make right now that are probably the most important sales of your life, that when you get through this period, normal times of some sort will return to our lives but you'll remember the sales that you made during this period as the most important sales that you've ever made in your life. That is incredibly exciting. Okay, I can't wait to get to it. So let's jump into the strategies, Dan, because I can't wait to get to number three, as you mentioned. But let's talk about number one, selling yourself first on a much bigger role. So you've said the potential is to be extraordinary, but sounds like you have to sell yourself on that first. Is that right? Yeah, and that's always the case. I have a rule, never try to sell something you're not sold on. So I'm not waiting for someone else to buy before I'm sold on the thing that I'm trying to sell them. I sell myself, which means I only sell things that I truly believe are good for the other person. That's my truth. But I'd like to back up just a second here, Shannon, and I'd like to talk about that even though people may not be in the market for any normal kind of sales pitch, okay, right now, or there'll be a time when they won't receive it positively. They won't be enthusiastic if you try to approach them this way. There is something that everybody wants to buy right now, okay? And I would say they'll buy anything that gives them a higher sense of morale about their life. They feel better about what's actually happening to them. They would love to have a sense of momentum in their life, that things are really moving in the right direction. There's energy in their life, and they would like to buy something that makes them very hopeful and very excited about the future. And those three things, I can absolutely tell you, 
that everybody wants to buy if you are an extraordinary salesperson and you can actually sell them these things. Mm-hmm. Okay, so as I'm talking, I want everybody who's listening to think of themselves in their sales role. I am going to be the salesperson here, and I'm going to try to sell you, intellectually engage your mind that you can be an extraordinary type salesperson during these scary times. And the thing about it is that you're going to take all your proven sales skills, every way that you've been a great salesperson in the past, but you're going to take it to a new level by helping transform as many other people around you into the role of being heroes in the lives of everyone that they actually have an impact on. Okay. So to a certain extent, you're going to take on the role of a hero salesperson, but the sale that you're going to make is that you're going to sell everybody a confident and a capable vision of themselves that they're also going to be heroes to other people that they know. Wow. I mean, that's can be a total transformation of how I know some people are feeling right now, Dan. They're feeling like, oh my gosh, you know, I can't do what I, the way I used to do it. So what you painted here is a really exciting picture of how to create value. And as you also talk about being useful, which is, I think all of us just are desperate to be useful to other people at the best of times. And knowing how to do that now is a really special thing to be able to focus in on. So I love the morale, momentum, and motivation. That's like super exciting to dive into. So Dan, let's talk about selling them on being a bigger hero right Mm -hmm. now. So let's dive into that one a little bit more. Well, people say, well, how do you even bring up the subject? And I said, well, again, rule number one, if you want to sell someone on this, then you have to sell yourself first. So before you take strategy number three, you're listening to it right now, before you take this and actually put it into action, just make a note for yourself, just on a sheet of paper, just make a note of who the people are. In strategy two, we talked about finding 20 individuals whose future, your future really, really includes these people. You know, they're very important for your future. So if you just keep strategy two in mind that you've already made a list of 20 individuals, I said, well, why not start with them and convince them how to be a hero in the present times? In other words, they'll just be a hero with the people that they already know. And and your impact on those other people are actually through the person that you're talking to because you don't necessarily know the people that they know. So this has got sort of a really networking effect. We're creating a network. And my feeling is the world actually is held together by the networks of individuals who know other people, who know other people, who know other people. We've got all these networks. So you're kind of at the center of a network right here. And you've decided to be a hero. And the way you're going to be a hero is by demonstrating to other people how they can be a hero. Mm. That's so exciting. And the question we covered in the last podcast is amazing. So if you haven't got that one, I would say tattooed in my brain, (laughs) you might want to do that because that really is how you can be a hero. So let's dive into the next three, Dan, morale, momentum, and motivation. So let's start with morale. Why is it so important to help people focus on morale right now? 
I think what I've just learned from coaching entrepreneurs for going on five decades now is that it's hard to get a person to feel confident about their future until they feel more confidence about their past. So if you've watched me and you have, Shannon, over about 30 years, that my number one move in talking to anyone about the future is always to take a particular focus and go backwards and say, can I ask you a question? And in this case, I'll build this right into the conversation right now. And that is, where in the past have you been a hero to other people where they really valued what you did afterwards and you felt really terrific? You felt proud about yourself afterwards, you know, and it's a great conversation. I mean, first of all, you could see the person's eyes. They're immediately not really looking at you. They're going backwards. They're reviewing all the old films, (laughs) you know, and they may have some talking, but really where... It was your influence, what we're talking about, you being a hero, is where your influence in a certain situation made a huge difference in a situation turning out well for someone. You were a crucial player. You supplied a crucial capability to them and actually made them feel better. So it's very, very interesting what we're doing here. We're asking you to become a hero actually by taking on the role yourself and then talking to other people about taking the role on with the people they know. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what I can envision happening here, Shannon, maybe you can already see it coming, is that they'll call back and say, sort of, well, how did Dan do that? I'm trying to think, how did Dan actually do it? Oh, yeah, that's how he did it. Right. So they'll remember you as the teacher who taught them how to be a hero. And then they'll be a teacher to other people, and they can actually teach other people to be out here. And that way we'll create a, I'll use the word here because it has meaning in positive terms as well as negative terms. This can go viral, you know, and this can actually go viral faster than the negative virus is going. That's what I'm talking about here. But the first thing you have to do, and I'm talking to the listener here, our podcast listener, you have to sell yourself that you're going to do this. And then the way to start by helping another person be a hero is to help them identify from their past where they've actually been a hero. So they're not using an abstraction here. They're not using a theory. They're actually going back and actually using their actual experiences. Okay. And what that felt like, and if they need to reinforce that a little bit, well, think back to where other people have been a hero to you. Okay, so you can examine your experiences from two directions. One is where you were on the receiving end of someone else being a hero and how'd that feel? And then where you were the hero and they were on the receiving end and how did it feel and what kind of feedback did you get from them when you did that? Well, that immediately raises morale. I mean, I can't think of anything better than, you know, hero is not one of those words that we use a ton. And so really thinking, okay, where did I really make a difference for someone? Where did my actions, what I said, sometimes maybe what you didn't do, just really put you above and really elevated you in that person's experience is, I can't think of anything (laughs) anything better for morale. So I love that. Can I say something about what you just said? Yeah. Hero is not a normal term in normal times, but it's the most natural term in scary times. Ooh, yes. I mean, if there was ever an opportunity to be a hero, scary times makes it 10 times 
more available, it makes it 10 times easier. And we really size up people, you know, people that we know. How are they acting during scary times? Are they being courageous? Are they giving other people energy or are they a load? They're sucking energy, they're not creating energy. And we especially do that with people who are quote unquote leaders. In other words, they have a position of leadership. If leaders who have the status of a leader and have the authority of a leader and have the benefits of being a leader during normal times don't become heroes, Mm -hmm. during scary times, we never forgive them. We never forgive them. Their image is that they let us down. They let Mm -hmm. us down. On the other hand, there are all sorts of people that we don't even notice during normal times who when times get scary, they actually rise to the occasion. They really show up in the spotlight as someone who's really, really useful. And I'm noticing the really difference here, the public attitude toward celebrities having something to say about the certain situation, Mm -hmm. and they're being shot down. We don't want to hear from you. We Mm -hmm. don't want to hear from, you know, people who are celebrities who are in the safety of their penthouses and their mansions making judgments We don't want to hear about the celebrities. And there was an article I read, you know, how easy it is for celebrities to become irrelevant when real character is needed, when real courage is needed. But on the other hand, there are all sorts of individuals who are virtually ignored. And I think of first responders, you know, first responders, police, fire. But especially during this particular scary times, the first responders in the healthcare and medical field, and they're heroes, they're heroes, and they'll be seen as heroes. And there'll be all sorts of stories coming forth about people who have worked, you know, right around the clock, who themselves were in danger of becoming infected with the virus, but their thought was just to actually make things better for the people who were afflicted. So it's an interesting time. I was saying, you know, if you ever dreamed about being a hero, boy, this is your chance. <laughs> this is hero time, you know, maybe. <laughs> I kind of love that, actually. I can think of some people on the team that have really been my heroes in the last week and a half, two weeks. Even, like, people who are deemed essential and need to keep working. At this point, cashiers and truck drivers are my heroes, as well as the first responders. It's like, I'm so appreciative that... They are putting themselves daily in a risky situation. And, you know, you and I have an easy choice to work at home, but that's not possible for what some people do. So I love that thought. A whole new cadre of heroes are rising because doing really important essential work different than, you know, entertaining us in our free time. So I think that's a really great point, Dan. Yeah, and I think it's going to really, really shift our thinking about who has deserved status in society when I'm out of this. I can't predict, you know, at this stage what it's going to look like, but I can see the trend lines just in terms of the articles. It's a very, very interesting thing. I mean, personally, I'm a news junkie, and, you know, I'm really passionate about world affairs and everything else, and I'm a reader rather than a watcher, so I don't watch television, but I read the internet and you know, thoughtful articles, you know, observing certain trends that are happening on this point. And I'm noticing this trend towards people who are actually do something that's valuable to other people are the heroes. And the people who are complaining and criticizing are not the heroes. Even though previously, in normal times, they get 
millions of downloads on their Twitter account. Now they're being shut up and say, if you don't have anything good to say, if you don't have anything useful to say, keep quiet. Yep. Anyway, it's really interesting. So, you know, the first strategy then is to get them firmly connected with past experiences where they've been on the receiving end of being a hero and also where they've actually been a hero because it tells them that just based on what they've already achieved and skills they've already developed and understanding they already have, they can now apply it to the present circumstances. And number two, that brings us to the present. And the present is based on what hero clearly defined itself in your life from your past, then what situations do you have immediately right now where you're already being a hero but didn't realize it? Mm, That's pretty exciting. Mm -hmm. So that means that you're actually asking them to see their own experience through a new lens, a new perspective. Yeah, well, to bring their experience, which they've kind of forgotten the circumstances, but to bring the actual lessons that they've learned from the past, and maybe they're getting clear about the lessons for the first time right now, Mm -hmm. but they're bringing it here and they're making it come alive in present circumstances where it's actually scary time. And that the thing that people will really buy now are the emotions that come with heroism. And one of them is morale. You're proud of what you're doing. Number two is that there's a sense of confidence because you can see that there's already momentum, you're already operating. So then you say, well, the things I'm already doing, I just have to think about them in a different way, that these are incredibly useful and valued during this time. And I may not, no one's perhaps told me about this, but that doesn't matter. You know from your past experience that this will be valued. So you're really learning here. You know, I'm a great believer that the most important lessons that you need to learn are the ones that you've already practiced in the past. And you're just bringing a past version of yourself up to the present. And it can be even more useful now because you have the advantage that you know it worked in the past and now it's going to work in the present. And it relaxes you. It actually get a sense of calmness and confidence about, you know, I can be a hero again. And doesn't matter how people are looking at it, it's going to be valued. And then the thing that you're really doing here is that what you're learning about your own hero experience, you're now going to ask other people to actually go in their past and say, well, where have you been a hero before? Shannon, just a week ago, we had the beginning of a new tool for our strategic coach clients, which is called Scary Time Skills. And the five times in your life where you've really been scared and why you were scared about this, and then what you learned from being scared, and then how you transformed it into actual skills. This is exactly the same principle here. And actually, that tool is available for everyone. So if anyone wants to go to strategiccoach.com, it's under our resources section, which is where we're putting all this really awesome stuff, Dan, that you're creating. Mm -hmm. So people can actually tap into that. As you're talking, I'm like, oh, I need to do this thinking for myself right now. So I can totally see this exercise playing out. I kind of want to sit down when we're done and just pencil out this because, I mean, we've all had, in my case, yours, decades and decades of experiences, but I haven't necessarily looked at them through this lens, as I mentioned, and it really does highlight what to do more of and also probably 
for at least for me, what to do less of. And that does give me a sense of calmness and confidence. Mm -hmm. This is cool. But we're not even done yet. There's still one more. Oh, wait. There's more. <laughs> I love that. Well, so, I just want to tell you the two payoffs so far. If yeah. you look at the past and then you show and you reveal to yourself, first of all, because you're the teacher here. You're teaching other people how to be heroes. But then you can see that actually a lot of really good things are happening right now. And the moment people can see that, that there's a real intelligence, there's a real value to what they're doing right now, they get a sense of momentum. They don't feel stuck. You know, I ran into, it's kind of funny, I went shopping at a local grocery store last night, and there's two stories about this. One is, I met an old strategic coach client on the street. He says, Dan, and I turned around, and my memory capture thing, I knew exactly his name, and I said, how are you? I haven't seen you. And he said, how are you feeling? And I says, well, we're real busy. You know, we're trying to be as useful as we possibly can to our clients right now and keeping morale up with our team. And, you know, that a month ago, we thought the future was going to look this way. And now we think the future is going to look differently. And we're trying to bring ourselves up to date every day with that. And I said, how do you feel? And he says, tell you the truth, I feel really useless. He says, I just feel totally useless. You know, he said, I don't know what to. So I chatted him with, you know, I, I didn't have time to give him a full podcast of information and everything. And I said, well, you know, you're someone who's really a great leader. And I remember you being a great leader. And, you know, you were really great at getting other people excited. And I said, just think about what you've done. And then we had to run. Both of us were on a mission. So we did it. But And then I got to the supermarket and there were no baskets and there were no push carts. And I understand in some places they have someone whose job is just to wipe them down every time they've been used, but this isn't one of those stores. But it was interesting because they had a cash only line and then they had debit and credit line. So I was in one of the lines and somebody went to the debit and credit line. He says, I'll open up for you here. And I went, he says, this is credit or debit. And I said, yes, it is. And he says, because the first line is just for cash. And he said, we're only allowed to be over there for one hour, and then we have to shift. We can't be there for more than an hour. And everybody was wearing gloves and everything else, and they were all really young. I mean, high school or beyond. And I said, well, I really want to thank you for doing what you're doing. This is very necessary. And he says, yeah, yeah. He said, I answered their ad. He says, this isn't my regular job, but they said they were looking for extra people. So I came and helped out right now. And it was kind of interesting, the contrast between my meeting on the street for someone who just has forgotten that he's actually a leader, mm -hmm. you know, and totally knows how to be useful. And maybe a 19-year-old who just said, you know, the money's not great, but he says it's something to do and you feel like you're contributing. So anyway, it's just a little contrast. We're really talking about different mindsets here. And it's how you see yourself and how you see your impact on other people that makes all the difference. And so the big thing is to get people really, really anchored in the past experience they have of being a hero. And then to identify the situations where they're already being a hero, and that gives them a sense of momentum. And the third one is to say, now, if you go a little further in the future, maybe a month out, how could you grow 
your ability to be a hero. What specific things you're not doing right now, but now that you've got the formula, you understand how you could be a hero in the future. And now they get a sense of motivation because these are things that are still going to be created. Oh, this is exciting. So this is kind of the natural direction of the conversation because you've gone past, present, and now it's like, okay, what's next? And this is what takes that seed of momentum and just really pushes it forward. Yeah, this is motivation and this is really excitement. You know, they're excited about it. So we've got pride about the past, you've got confidence about the present, and then you have excitement about the future. You've got a future that's really got a lot of energy to it. You've got a future that's got a direction to it. And you've got a future that really has a purpose to it. Mm, that's exciting. So as a salesperson or someone who's selling anything, if you're helping people do this, and I'm sure they've already given you a ton of information that you can say, hey, you, know, you could help them think through, you know, how can you be more of a hero? To whom can you be more of a hero? Mm -hmm. What are some things that you could do? I mean, what a creative conversation and useful conversation this is for a salesperson to have. Yeah, and the thing is, uh, I say to the salesperson, and they said, well, where's the money in this? And I said, eh, wrong question. <laughs> you know, wrong question. I said, no, no, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. You know, stay with the melody line here. I said, you have to be enough of a risk taker that if nonstop for the rest of the scary times, you just do good and are remembered as a hero, that there's going to be money in this some way. People will remember you when normal times come back. The thing is, even in normal times, all of your money is in someone else's future anyway. Right. So spend all your time now investing in giving people really exciting futures that they're proud of, that they feel a lot of confidence about, and they're very excited about. Things will take care of themselves. And besides, what else are you going to do? Stay at home and watch scary news reports? I mean... What are you going to do with your time as a skilled person who has great skills? What are you going to do? I'd say just use your skill. You're already a great salesperson. I'm just asking you to sell a particular thing mm -hmm. that's 10 times more available to you during scary times than it is during normal times. This is so empowering, Dan. And it's interesting because you've written a book on, you know, who do you want to be a hero to? But really highlighting that this aspect of being a hero is something that is so much more relevant in scary times and helping people see that for themselves is how you can be a hero to other people and that they're going to remember you as being someone who brought that out in them. And so you'll be a hero to them. This is the sale. You're selling people on their own capability of being a hero and then what their bigger future looks like. And you talked very eloquently in the last conversation, our last podcast about one of the biggest dangers is people running out of future. And I would add to that not having a sense of momentum or like your old client, just feeling useless. We have an incredible opportunity right now to help people transform their experience. And that is, as you say, the most important sale you can make. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, why do we read hero novels? Why do we go to hero movies? Why do we watch sporting events where the athletes are our heroes or the movie actor is a hero and sitting there saying, well, you know, I never have any opportunity to be a hero. But it's interesting, as I said at the beginning, I wrote out our little outline for this podcast today. And I said, you know, Scary Times flips everything on its head. Everything that was on the top goes to the bottom. 
and everything that's at the bottom has the opportunity of going to the top. And none of the athletes are being heroes right now because there's no games. You know, people aren't going to theater to watch actors and entertainers, either in live or in movie form. And all the people who are like television personality and their heroes and late night comics, the jokes are all falling flat right now because usually they're making a joke about someone or something out there. And somebody said, we don't have time to listen to your making a joke of other people and insulting them. So we've got an opportunity to see a totally different world. And I have to tell you, Shannon, I was born during, as I mentioned on a previous broadcast, during one of the most climactic couple weeks in the history of the 20th century was the couple weeks before the actual Allied invasion of Normandy, France, in the Second World War. And I listened to heroes and hero stories after the Second World War when I was in grade school, and I met people who had actually been there. I said, gee, boy, people used to be able to be heroes. They used to have all sorts of scary times when they could be heroes, and we don't have that anymore. Well, here we are. (laughs) You're completely right. What we did consider to be a hero in our normal healthy, safe, leisure time, well, with some extra leisure time society is the people who can entertain us. But now it's the people who are taking care of all of our safety needs and our physiological needs and our belonging needs. Those are the people that we really love and respect and want to emulate and really put up on that pedestal, not the ones who are just going to make us laugh at somebody else's usually misfortune, (laughs) one form of humor. So I think that's a really great point. It it reshifts our values a little bit. And I think if there's a silver lining, that's definitely going to be one of the things that's emerged as we start paying attention to actually what is essential Mm -hmm. and what is truly meaningful over the long term. What we're seeing now are some of the unsung heroes. Now it's like they're getting their due finally. It's kind of exciting. Yeah. And the truth is we all want a normal life to come back as quickly as possible. But I have to tell you, if you've spent the scary times really well, in other words, you're proud of how you spent the scary times, you develop new insights, new capabilities, and you've got a track record of really helping everyone that you could help during this period of time, the normal times will be a lot better after the scary times than your normal times were before that. Mm. What a powerful opportunity this is, Dan. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Great. It's free. It's available. (laughs) I don't think there's a person listening to us that doesn't have immediately 10 to 20 opportunities to actually decide to be a hero and show other people how to be a hero. I would agree. And I think that's not only externally with our clientele and our prospects, but also with our teams and with our families and our friends. I mean, this is just a great exercise that goes beyond even business, which is exciting. So that whole idea, Dan, about forget about the sale, focus on creating value. And the way to do that is to really tap into morale, you know, what people are proud of and momentum, what they can be confident about in the present, and then really excitement about the future in terms of motivation. Great, great conversation and path to follow in order to come out of the scary times winning. Thank you. Thank you, Shannon.